0: for the whistle bless up major key for the whistle bless up
1: major key hello welcome to southwest by northeast podcast the podcast where it doesn't matter why we podcast we just podcast. So this is your host, Stevie Styles. In my other corner, I have Justin. Justin, what are you inviting in?
0: Well, Steve, I'm actually drinking some wine Aquavit from Trondheim. It's a, uh, no, it's a Norwegian drink. I know you and I have had some experiences with Aquavit before. And I'll give you um, a cool little note about this. This stuff is actually shipped over the equator twice in barrels before it's brought back and put into bottles. Yeah, that's why it's called Line Aquavit because the equator is the line. It actually goes over the equator to Australia and then it gets shipped back to Norway and they uh, bottle
1: it. I'm drinking Casamigos, and there's a reason why. Well, I've had a bottle of Casamigos for a while, but I am doing it in honor of George Clooney. George Clooney makes Casamigos, and it's because I watched Burn After Reading today.
0: (sighs) I love that. That is absolutely great. Uh, spoiler alert, I love the part where Brad Pitt does.
1: I showed it to my wife for the first time ever. She It was her first viewing, and it's so good.
0: <laughs> Actually, I think that's one of Brad Pitt's best roles. That's right up there with Fight Club. I just love the kind of goofiness that he has in it.
1: Frances McDormand, too. She's so good in it.
0: You, you know, another good underrated George Clooney movie, uh, real quick, is Men Who Stare at Goats.
1: Oh, I haven't watched it, but I've heard it was good.
0: Uh, really kind of off the wall. He, he does a lot of those off the wall movies a lot of times. It's it's kind of refreshing.
1: Uh, I'm going to throw this in there. Rest in peace, Dr. John.
0: Also, I have a uh, special announcement. I want to uh, wish Steve a very happy birthday. He is oh, now... He, he's now 53, is that correct?
1: Yeah, whatever. <laughs> 53.
0: 50. He's 53, he will be 38 next Monday.
1: Something like that. Something like that. I think we have a sponsorship from McDonald's, is that right?
0: We do. McDonald's, uh, for those of you who uh, do like McDonald's or just like good food, I would recommend going to McDonald's with the international menu and trying the uh, stroop waffle McFlurry they have um it's not as good as the one in, in the netherlands i was lucky to have that in the sheephole airport there's a mcdonald's there and they make it and uh this though is pretty good it's it's uh it's like a waffle McFlurry with caramel pretty good what do you what do you think about it?
1: send us money mcdonald's that's all i gotta say
0: yeah I, do you feel like they always try harder abroad than here
1: uh, absolutely people have better taste abroad
0: I don't know what it is, but I just feel like the McDonald's... Like, even when I was over there, I was going in Germany. I was going to the uh, Netherlands. And they just... like The services are just better.
1: So, Justin, I got an email. And this is something that just came in last week. Um, it's pretty wild. Because on the email, it says... Rick at RickRossOfficial.com It supposedly is Rick Ross. And he's a little angry about what you did last week. I'm going to read you the email right now. Uh, it goes... So he says, listen up, you f***ing ass. You got a lot of nerve. Who the f*** you is, mother I can easily have my boys out to nest set to pistol whip your f***ing jaw. Uh, appreciate your respect for my beard, but dog, you got it twisted. And hurt, you're racist. Why you gotta be like that? Uh, our skin color shouldn't judge our perceptions of other people in the world. What do you got to say about that?
0: Well, um, first, I want to just be able to say to Rick is that I'm most certainly not in any way, shape, or form um, racist. That is clearly a Michael Richards joke, and I don't want Rick to think that I don't like him because of his skin color, because that couldn't be anything further than the truth. I don't like Rick Ross because he basically adopted freeway Rick Ross's life. I mean, if I all of a sudden changed my name to Eddie Vedder and started walking around playing the guitar and singing in like a 90s grunge style and just said I was Eddie Vedder, I'd be a goddamn fraud. And that's more or less what the guy did, is that he's just like, yo, I'm Rick Ross. I sell crack cocaine. I'm Freeway. And dog, you're not. Stop it. Stop with the lies. Rick Ross, stop per- perpetrating lies.
1: So you're still not afraid of Rick Ross?
0: I'm still not afraid of Rick Ross. I don't care. I don't care. What, what's he gonna? He's gonna. He's gonna get here, and he's gonna have a seizure and fall on the ground.
1: <laughs> All right. I heard we got some news. Uh, the one thing, I mean, it's been on national news, well, international, is that iTunes is gone, and I don't think people are very uh, upset about that. Someone said that it was apple's most hated app quote unquote um itunes isn't dead uh it's multiplying so it's like mixed feelings about this what do you think
0: i think it's it's an inevitability i mean i know you and i both do spotify for a lot of what we do here and i mean with streaming services they were definitely losing money on a lot of things um I don't know if they're going to replace it with another marketplace style system uh if they do it's you know it's just a rebranding um but i gotta remember itunes is what made them famous itunes rescued them from the brink of disaster i mean they, they were nothing
1: and they also messed up big time with it though they messed up by giving everyone youtube albums
0: Yeah, but at the same time, I mean, without iTunes, they would have gone bankrupt and completely just vanished. I mean, they were nothing until the invention of the iPod and the putting out of iTunes, and that literally saved the company.
1: And podcasts. Hey.
0: Okay. Well, think about all those people now who are going to lose podcast listenership. Not not us.
1: No. Well, now it's proliferated and there are all these other platforms now. And like you were just saying with the Spotify and all the other platforms for music, there's so many more, but, uh, what, what other news
0: stories you got? Oh, I got some good ones. Some good ones. So some light stuff. Uh, Miley Cyrus is now marketing $20 condoms,
1: $20 condoms,
0: $20 condoms. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm going to quote a friend of, of ours. You know, I don't use condoms. Condoms for sailors. <laughs> um, I don't use condom, I, I don't use condoms for a different reason. I'm not a sailor, but I don't know why you would pay twenty dollars for a condom. Like, what? What did do these condoms keep you from finishing? And you just keep going. Like, what's up?
1: Well, Miley Cyrus is on it, so you're not going to finish. Oh,
0: oh, that's kind of hard. <laughs> uh, uh, um, another light issue is artist mia uh just received an mbe award um from the british empire from the queen along with elvis costello who i'm a big elvis costello fan also a big mia, MIA fan. is badass um I, I like a lot what she does but i'm kind of curious politically she for those who don't know she is a very political person yeah. Um, her father was a general in the Tamil Tigers, who were a uh, renegades counterinsurgency group in Sh- in Sri Lanka. I believe, I'm not 100 sure on that, but I know he was a like revolution type figure in Sri Lanka, and he was attached to some pretty some pretty gnarly stuff. Um, uh, enough where her U.S. visa was kept from being processed multiple times. So I'm kind of curious how the British kind of reconciled the two. Yeah.
1: Tamil Tigers, they got a lot of, a lot of attention and not good attention. They, weren't they labeled as a terrorist group?
0: They were. They were. The United States government labeled them as a terrorist group. Mm-hmm. That's why I have respect for her, though. Yeah, she interesting.
1: Just, she's not afraid to stand for what she believes in. And that's something virtuous.
0: That's actually um, – women standing up for themselves is actually going to be a theme throughout some of – some of what we talk about. All right. right. Actually. But the biggest news story of the week. A little TMZ news story right here. Not from TMZ, but a TMZ style. DJ Khaled DJ Khaled threw off <laughs> it flipped out that he is the number 2 selling album of further week. Number 2? Do you know who the Do you know who the number, number one selling album is? Uh you told me but I forgot. It was Igor by Tyler, the creator. That's right. That's right. The, the congratulations, you played yourself. DJ Khaled, number one, got beat out by Tyler, the creator. And I think I know why. Another one. Another one. So I first heard about Tyler, the creator, probably back in 2009. He did a radio spot on Power 105 where he came on and he kind of talked about it and I didn't hear about him for a while. This guy has been building a base of people who listen to him religiously. Like people get excited about him and he has faithful hardcore fans that, you know, it's almost like a punk movement where like, you know, you have those diehard fans, Steve.
1: Yeah, he's a cult figure.
0: Exactly. And I think what's going on is now he's finally gaining that mainstream audience. But not only now does Tyler have his cult following, which is all the underground guys and girls, and all the mainstream popularity. So he's getting even more, man. People don't realize that when you start from the bottom and you work up and you build that base, when you get to the top, man, your base is so much bigger than if you're, you know, DJ Khalid and you're just like, you know, you just make hit songs. Like, you know, I absolutely love his music. I think a lot of his music's great. I he's putting a fit. At Epic records and flipping out and just like accusing his record label of not promoting his album. Boom, oh, you got beat. I'm gonna quote someone i read on Twitter. I I cannot remember his handle. Why don't you just try and be better?
1: Right. And uh it's so what you're saying is it's it's a bottom up process versus a top down process. Where DJ Khaled, he he works his bass from the top down and now he's trying to get other kinds of listeners and title the creator, he's bottom up and his fan base just grows exponentially
0: yeah i would think that's pretty i mean i'm pretty sure you've seen examples like that prior right oh yeah 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 i i think that's where tyler kind of came in and you know what good for him man good good for him this guy's been putting the work in like i said and don't quote me on the 2009 i i had a kind of full i kind of had a full market but like, that's this guy's been around for a while and he's been putting the work in. Actually, no, I'm definitely not 2009. I remember 2012 on that, right. yeah, um, actually. actually. Uh, yeah, you guys been putting in the work and congratulations for him. Big, give him a big round of applause.
1: So, I got to talk about um, the, the bottom up and the, the rise to the stardom. And I think that this guy, Baby Jake, is part of that. So one of the the singles we're going to talk about is Cigarettes on Patios by Baby Jake. I don't know anything about this guy. I love it. Yeah, it's a banger. I'm using your shit. (laughs) It's a banger. And uh, there's nothing else on Spotify. There's nothing by him. Um, There's nothing else on Twitter. I think he's starting out, and he's going to go places.
0: I had a hard time just looking up who he was. He kept giving me
1: the YouTube British Baby Jake. Yeah, there's a lot of Baby Jakes out there.
0: Which is a kid's... uh yeah did this song give you like a long like i know this song you can relate to because it's something that you and i have done hanging out at a house party <laughs> smoking on a patio just chilling out you know and uh, it, it had a real party vibe to it.
1: and i like the subversiveness like cigarettes there there's a lot of flack nowadays and this modern times cigarettes are no good and he's like mm-hmm. fuck that he is subversive he's like I'm gonna smoke cigarette on patios and beers with my boys, and it's it's fun. I like it a lot. What did,
0: what did he say? Drinking vodka with the sprite.
1: Ja, drinking vodka with the sprite. Yeah. I, I actually. Um, it reminded me. It reminded me of Big Baby Dram. Have you heard of him? No. Nah. But I think there's a baby movement going on that we're gonna see.
0: Uh, sort of like the little, sort of like the little movement
1: the baby is the new little <laughs> I don't know why everything has to be so small but
0: <laughs> I, I like the beat I thought the beat had a great revivalist church feel with the piano
1: it looks like he plays piano right
0: I it could yeah it could be and I also liked the line I thought his lyrics were really great. the line that stuck out to me was we're just a bunch of runaways but only running to the grave
1: but he's from Florida and I he know how you feel to- about Floridians
0: oh uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, it's tough, man. It's tough. You know what they say about Florida, right?
1: Uh, why? Why do we keep them around? Is that what you're gonna say?
0: No, it's uh God's <laughs> waiting room.
1: God's waiting room. God's <laughs> waiting room. <laughs> man, that uh, that's, that's pretty bad. Especially because it's a lot true. Of cry there.
0: <laughs> that's the point. Um. Um. Well, the next thing I was actually talk about was uh, Madonna's new single. Uh, dark Ballet. I. Wow. I, it took me about three or four times to kind of wrap my head around this one. Um, it's not anything that I had really ever heard before. I mean, as a pop song where she just throws in the piano interlude and then puts it into the Dance of the Sugar Palm Fairies, right? which is from the, Nut, it's from the Nutcracker. Um, why is Madonna using auto tune? She doesn't need it.
1: What is she going to do now? She's got to.
0: She can send her ass off.
1: Yeah, but she's in an is age it? where she's got to do something that's really different and something that also is relevant and kind of chameleons itself into the mainstream.
0: I could see that. To me, this was a very political song. Uh, it was a critique on modern life. Right. I think. So it's kind of broken into three different phases. We have the pop section. And in the pop section, she's basically talking about how women are kind of, and this is going to go, this is kind of a repeat of what we talked about before, about how women are um, expected to kind of shut your mouth and go into the kitchen. You're not supposed to, to um, talk, you're not supposed to express yourself. When she talks about being women being burned at the stake, that's definitely yeah. a throwback. Joan of Arc um, in the video. You know, and she says that in the first part. I did not see the video, but I can imagine the video. I mean, it if you know anything about Madonna, she's always done fairly controversial videos. That's that's kind yeah. of her thing. The video
1: starts out with a quote from Joan of Arc. Really? Yeah. I'm not
0: surprised. I'm not, I mean, but she's kind of drawing that comparison that women who speak out are labeled as witches. And I think in the environment that we are in now, there are certain people who... You know, and again, I said last podcast, that I don't want to tip my hand, but there are people who belittle women who are in parts of the government, that that's what they preach, that women are objects. And, you know, she speaks out about that, you know, saying that, you know, women, you know, if you speak out, you're labeled a witch, you know, and I just read about this, actually, there is the uh, Madonna whore complex where women are either, uh, are you aware of that?
1: I've heard about it, the term.
0: Yeah, where women are either chaste and virgin-y, or they're a whore. There's no middle ground. You know, you you can't just be a person. You can't just be a woman. You can't be either one. Um, I love the song's obsession with materiality, especially the part where she talks about the supreme hoodie. And, you know, can't you hear the wind bellowing outside of your supreme hoodie? I think that's our obsession with materiality. And she's kind of saying, like, you'll know, wake up, like you gotta hear everything going on about it. Which song did uh, you like after that?
1: What did I like? I when you showed me "Shake That Jello" by Salam Remy, that was I loved it, and I love Salam Remy's work. I love. Uh, His style, he's got like such a he like modernizes '90s hip hop and just puts a badass beat to things. And this this track was "Shake That Jello," but if you like get into him, you gotta check out the the Nappy Heads remix of the Fugees, and it is everything he makes is a banger.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I, I love that song. That song to me was just like it was funny. God, there was so much depressing stuff for were singles, and for me that was just fun, make you laugh. I love the line. All right, let me smack that jello. I not rough. I tap that jello. I lie. I attack that jello. Like I, just, I, I just thought the entire thing was fun. I, I was, think like, even Madonna weird. would
1: like it. It's not uh, a. <laughs> I think she would love it. It's not too uh, sexist. <laughs> What, what's the jello about? <laughs> Give us the analysis on that.
0: No, I, I'm not. Listen, I think that song is self-explanatory, but it is funny that we just followed up Madonna's women empowerment empowerment with uh, shake yeah, that, seriously. shake that jello. <laughs> um, that's it. You're very good. Yeah.
1: Um, let's go to "Alive in My Coffin" by Jumex right. because this one was a goddamn downer. <laughs>
0: It was, but I have to tell you, um, it was so emo, like Taking Back Sunday or Brand New could have been doing it, and I wouldn't have known the difference. Yeah, for sure. Especially with the acoustic guitar. Lyrically, eh, needs some work. Yeah. this is an eighteen-year-old kid, and he's talking about what he knows. When you're eighteen years old, what do you know? He's only eighteen. Apparently, cocaine and party. Only eighteen. He's uh. eighteen-year-old coke. His life's gonna turn up. <laughs> I I
1: hate his use of Cobain. Like Kurt Cobain is being thrown around in the rap world, and especially in the emo rap world, and it's driving me crazy. Like you can't just throw Kurt Cobain's name out there just because he killed himself. Like this man has made such a respectable uh, music repertoire that you like you have to listen to his music to even reference him. Like he's he's that respectable that. You can't just throw his name around and a lot of rappers right now are throwing his name around like, "Oh, we're going to kill ourselves so like Cobain" and stop that shit. I it's pissing me off. Oh, oh. Oh, yeah, oh,
0: yeah. Alive in my coffin, try to die, of sorrow. Try to die, of sorrow. Won't see you tomorrow, I'll be dying. alive in my coffin. When I'm her cutting up my veins. Music in a bag, listen to Cobain. Blow in the bag, that's my cocaine, my cocaine.
1: So that was Jumex with Alive in My Coffin. Unfortunately, Justin's audio has cut out, so I am just going to give you a quick rundown of Widow's Weeds by Silver Sun Pickups. Uh, Justin and I both gave it around three stars. I think I gave it three and a half. Uh, I really like the title track, Widow's Weeds. I think it had a great guitar lick. It was reminiscent of uh, Smashing Pumpkins. And we talked about uh, the Widow's Weeds, what that means originally. And it goes back to Victorian times. And a weed was actually a garment back then. The word W-A-E-D. So it was the garment that a widow would wear after her uh, spouse had died and she would have to wear black for a year and a day um and then after that you go into half morning where you wear gray and lavender so that that was just interesting How it was named after uh something like so historical but they really play around with the the imagery a lot they use light imagery in the lyrics uh the lyrics are hit or miss uh, we also like bag of bones well at least i liked it uh, I think it had great vocal harmonies. We were both disappointed by the It Doesn't Matter Why single. We felt like the melody was really lacking, the vocal melody, where it's just two notes. We're just known. But you know, I think overall it was a really good album. We, we love the bass track on Freakazoid. I would suggest you check it out. Also, if you like this album, I would also check out the album Sons by The Heavy and also if you want to go with something lighter check out the center deuce i have to say i was using a mackie mr5 uh monitors for recording this and also to listen to the music this week and i'm really happy with it so i'm gonna drop a link where you can check it out if you're looking for monitors studio monitors but something also to bump what you got playing then definitely check it out thank you guys so much uh, hook us up on Patreon if you want to help out Justin with some better equipment so we don't have this, this issue again. Thank you so much for the hundreds of you.
0: We've gotten 100 plays each, each episode, so much gratitude. Peace.